Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. And I am Devin Leary. And today we are joined by unprofessional comedian Tess Fitzman. Tess, thank you so much for joining us from the Big Gay Apple of New York City. Oh my God, what an intro. It is an honor (laughs) and a privilege to be here. (laughs) This is an interesting dynamic that I think some of our listeners may identify with. I knew you in New York, was fond of you, but we weren't necessarily like close we were like people who knew each other exactly. and then i moved to la um all the of big my gay la and what people don't tell you is when you move from a city to another city the past like the previous city moves on without you so like things were happening in right. that i did not know of i did not ask for that to happen it's just what happened and all of a sudden Devin, my best friend was like i had best friends with tess and i was like oh interesting okay i didn't like we never really hung out with Tess, but whenever Devin and I were talking about an issue that she was having a problem, she was like, Tess says to do this. And I'm like, me and Tess were hanging out and me and Tess went to a wedding together. And I say this from the bottom of my heart. My listeners are assuming I'm jealous, but I really just was like, the only thing that made me jealous was that I wanted to hang out with both of you. And then I was like, okay, I'm so like, I want to become friends with really good friends with Tess right now, because I feel like I know her more just from knowing Dev, like just from secondhand knowledge from Devin. So I'm really glad that our friendship is growing. I'm not jealous. <laughs> I mean, she was just relieved because she was like really worried that I would never find another friend. She's like, no, I mean, I honestly don't know if you're going to find any other friends because I, I really don't know who would put up with I you. I was like, Devin, you have a great family. Okay. You and have a mom. Is that not enough? Your mom's your friend. You love animals. Like, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I feel so often like I have friendships with people that... I are not real. They're created in my mind via hearing stories about them from somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I strong relate. 
I, I, it's a, it reminds me of a Martin Short joke from a movie he was in where he was like, Hugh Grant once told me, I mean, he didn't tell me, I read it in an article, but he once said. <laughs> I was just, I just sent my friend an Instagram from Hilary Duff about how she's been exposed to COVID. Oh my God, I saw that. I know. And I was like, everybody we know has COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Literally everyone I know has COVID. Everyone's getting it. And I was like, oh yeah, she's my close personal friend. When I was still drinking alcohol I once stayed up all night because I thought like an easy way to fly from LA to New York would be in a blackout so I was like I just need to get really fucked up and stay up all night and then the flight is gonna be really easy and so I literally like stumbled into LAX at 5 a.m and they were like where are you going today ma'am and I was like Los Angeles and they were like you actually are currently in Los Angeles that's where you're standing right (laughs) now and I was like oh my god I'm going to New York I'm so sorry (laughs) And then I ran into a friend who was going to my school too on the plane. And I like, again, like I'm just tripping over myself on the plane. Hillary Duff's behind me. Oh, and I look to my friend and I'm like, hey, Rachel, Hillary Duff is on this <laughs> flight. And I turn around and Hillary Duff is staring at me with daggers coming out of her eyes, no. tapping her foot. And it's so funny because my takeaway from that, even after I like stopped drinking and got sober, was that Hillary Duff like seems kind of rude until I told that story to Devin. And Devin was like, oh, she seemed rude after you announced on a like huge plane that she was on and you were like drunk at 7 a.m. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't I would have handled that situation differently, um, but I guess that's her style. Well, I said that because I saw her on a plane once and she seemed really nice. She was and lovely. <laughs> she seemed lovely up in first class. No, I was not in first class, so I, I wasn't actually close to her, but she seemed like she was smiling and nice. So okay. I think that that's evidence. These are two stories that should go into Dumois' Instagram. <laughs> I know, like I was thinking that. Where someone's like, that person's an asshole. I interrupted them on their plane or someone else is like okay defend in defense i had to come out in defense of hillary duff because i actually saw her walking down the street and she seemed really nice hillary duff's pr person writes in and is like hillary duff is actually really kind my origin story with tess is that i met her through mutual friends one time we were riding in a cab with said mutual friends i met tess i didn't really know her yet and she starts talking about the bling ring and how she knows everything about this case, the Bling Ring case, and how she's been listening to the soundtrack for Sofia Coppola's upcoming at the time movie. It hadn't come out yet. We had high she's, hopes. She starts talking about Pretty Wild, which obviously I had seen. And I was like, I need to know this person. It was like a meet cute in a rom-com. I was like, I need to get to know this girl. Oh my God. Like, we'll talk about it soon, but like Kate Winslet and that elderly man and their exactly meet cute. Exactly. Like holiday. Kate Winslet and the elderly man in the holiday who I, every time I watch the movie, I'm like, is this like actually a famous person? Like, is this Norman Lear? And it's never him. There's many experiences in between, including going to LA and thinking Brentwood was the most happening, trendy neighborhood to stay in. So sad. So so getting an Airbnb on UCLA campus in Brentwood and many things in between. But basically, we ended up being roommates. And Tess was my roommate during the time that I was newly single out of a breakup. So yes, she proofread many thirst trap posts for my Instagram. And yes, she helped me make decisions about whether or not to go to a random guy's house at two in the morning. Did and you? 
Yes, I did. Of course. I always um, support going to a random guy's house at two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, 90% of the time. <laughs> Tess is truly uh, my hero. And here we are today. I love this. I'm so excited for you to join us, Tess. And we have, as a community of three people, decided to speak on an amazing topic that I really think has no bottom in terms of there's no end to this. I don't I don't think there's an end to this. I'll never get sick of that. And that's the holiday romantic comedy. I really, I don't believe we have enough of them. I, I, I feel like we are in a drought. And we need more as soon as possible. And the ones that are coming, the, and the current ones that are coming out, I suffice to say, and I think we'll discuss later, they are not doing it for us. And they might be an insult to the genre. But let's start with one of the most successful of all what time. What we just referenced. Which is Nancy Myers' The Holiday. Holy shit. This is a lifestyle movie. This is a uh, feminist uh thesis manifesto <laughs> oh my god this is with someone like smith college students dissertation was the holiday okay i have a confession to make i okay. had before this morning only seen the holiday one time no wow. no disrespect to nancy myers who i love 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 but i saw it in theaters in 2006 when i was in college because i'm old and um i was upset by it because why I just first of all Kate Winslet if she is good enough for Leonardo DiCaprio in 1997 peak pussy posse fame yeah then I think she deserves better than an elderly screenwriter they're friends and, and Jack Black <laughs> okay, okay. No, it is a huge point of controversy. No, it's upsetting that they present her like, oh, homely girl who doesn't get the guy. It is upsetting. Like, it's like, wait, are you fucking kidding me? This is just like I was saying about what's her name? Joey and Dawson's Creek. It's like, that's the homely girl next door. Like Kate Winslet is like the girl who can't get a guy. Then where's the hope for the rest of us? She's in love. No, because she's in love with a narcissist. She's in love with like a ugly, ugly, brick face, brick face Jasper. Jasper, the name of a villain, like his his parents named their baby name a of villain's a pony. name. I'm I'm pretty sure I horseback rode okay. on a pony. You know what's Jasper. crazy is that Jasper Jasper is played by a guy who is a villain in The Knight's Tale, and yes. Jack Black's girlfriend Shannon Sossaman is also played wow. by so um, yeah a mini Knight's Tale reunion. What? I didn't see The Knight's Tale. Is that with Heath Ledger? Uh, yes, yeah, and it's I, really hot. It oh, is shit. okay. Keith, and that was the Shannon Sossaman days. I think we all remember when she was like the manic pixie dream girl. Hello, yep. 40 days, 40 nights. I know. But it was almost sad that she had such a small role in this. I know. She never speaks. Yeah. She's like, even when she's supposed to have a speaking role, we just see her outside a blockbuster and like her mouth is moving. But we don't hear what she says. Yeah. She's like a silent villain. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, this is what I have to say about the Kate Winslet of it all. When okay. I grew up in the 90s and the early aughts, Kate Winslet was posed to us as like a curvy actress. Yes. Right. Like She's thin in this movie. She's, she's fucking always been thin. thin. And stunning. And stunning. And like even if she had gained like 20 pounds, she would have looked amazing. I'm just so confused by how we think about weight. It's really, really awful and toxic. And she is truly one of the hottest actresses alive. 
just because like this sounds like I'm really now now I'm going overboard, but she just exudes sex. Like she looks like someone painted her. Yeah, Absolutely. she does. I mean, let's all talk about Titanic. Somebody did paint her. It was James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> and then after somebody did. They had sex in the car. Someone painted her like they painted their French girls. Exactly. Carolina's like, for some reason, when I see Kate Winslet, I think like ocean. I think like iceberg. Anyone else? I think her like naked on a couch with a diamond around her neck. And that's just how I see her. I have like a really unique perspective where I think of like boats when I see Kate Winslet. But I'm just like really weird like that. That movie still makes me sad. I'm not even kidding. Thinking about it makes me sad. You know how when you're in the middle of the day and you think, what am I upset about right now? Like, I wasn't I just worried about something. Like, yep. later I'm going to be doing that and I'm going to be like, oh, it's because they didn't end up together at the end of Titanic and I'm still upset about that. It's also like, just like, I don't... <sighs> Never mind. But like, I just, I don't understand anyone who goes on a boat at all. But go anyway, next subject... <laughs> Just like, why did you go? No offense. Why did you go? I don't understand anyone who goes on a cruise right now. I know. It's like, I guess back then times were tough and like maybe a boat sounded exciting. But (laughs) now, now times are also tough, but at least there's TV and that's what you can do instead of going on a boat. Okay. Back to Kate Winslet. She's off the boat. She's going on a holiday. It would be really funny if there was a boat segment in the holiday, but there's not. So, yeah, Jasper is completely using her and she's always there for him. And strong relate to that dynamic. Yes, exactly. Like she's always reading his work and he needs her. He needs approval from these women, which I think is a real red flag when someone's ignoring you until they need you. And then they you're so flattered that they need you that you drop everything. Oh, yeah. This is what I'll say about the Jack Black of it all. I understand that uh, they're not they they don't necessarily match attractive wise. But in 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 how I look at him, I think he is so fucking hot. It overwhelms me. I've watched School of Rock twice in the past year. And each time I've just been watching it with bated breath. Like, I just think he's so cute. He's so kind. I just love him. I so I'm really excited for Kate Winslet. She has two no, guys but in this movie. The truth is, though, to be the fair to, to Tess's point, like Jack Black in this movie, they don't give him really that funny of lines. So his That's character true. in the movie is like actually not that attractive because it's like, wait, but he doesn't even have like he's just like a nice guy. He doesn't even have like the funniness that makes him so attractive, exactly. which is weird. And he's very much like now as a grown up at having attended a school that is also like a famous film school. It mm-hmm. very much reminds me, like, them in the blockbuster with him being like, you have yes. to listen to the score for Driving Miss Daisy. And I'm right. like, oh, my God. I, like, remember this time that this guy came over and we he to watch Cape Fear with me in my dorm room. And he <laughs> had a lockbox of alphabetized DVDs. No, no, yes. no. A lockbox. So that his roommate wouldn't take them. DVDs were valuable back then. Oh, my God. Did he impart really invaluable knowledge to you that you'll never forget? Oh, my God. It was a nightmare. But, yes, I <laughs> felt that this, that Jack Black had a lot of that type in him mm, in this Okay, I, I, I see I'm it I'm sorry now. I'm hating him so much. And then also no. when he, when they're, like, playing music together and he's, like, scroodly-doo. I think that's cute. I think that's cute. doodly doodly do And I was, like, okay, tenacious <laughs> the pick of destiny. <laughs> I know. I was, like, he's trying like- to... He's trying to cross over School of Rock like he was going to slowly be I like, know. and then you're not hardcore. No, you're not hardcore. 
Those songs are my favorite songs. I'm Math a is hater. a wonderful thing. Oh my math God. is a very cool thing. So get no, out your right. ass. Let's do some math. No, I think that stuff I like. I, I like him playing the piano with her. I think that's a very romantic thing in general. A guy who can play an instrument. Okay, I, no, but that's hot. Wait, that's hot. But wait, guys, let's pause for a second. In actual practice, though, think about it. Put yourself in the position. You go to a guy's apartment. He has a piano and he's like, oh, I guess um, I'll just uh, play a little something. I would, would say, you- could you play My Heart Will Go On? <laughs> I would be like, oh my god, this guy is so fucking full of himself that no, he thinks no. The piano, I think, is romantic. I think that we're cynical, and that's why we think it's lame. I don't think he was showing off. I think that's just a part of him. I think the okay. piano is hot, but I am I a hater, and I've hated a lot on Jack Black. I know, and I've also okay. hated on the elderly man who she teaches that is to walk nuts, without though. a walker in two days. She puts him in the pool. <gasps> what is the timeline of this movie? <laughs> They met. They became best friends. She, he got invited to a huge event in his name. He was like, no, I'm right. not even going to go. Then he said, yes. The entire event is put on. He learns to walk Sands Walker in the pool and all in a week's time of the holidays. I love this. I love this. I think it's so beautiful. <laughs> I Okay, this is what I'll say about this storyline that I really liked. A lot of it is about okay. friendship. Yes. Her and Jack Black are friends. Obviously, there's something there, and that's why it's upsetting when he goes back to Shannon Sossaman for a second. But they're friends, and I feel like, and we'll get to this quickly, but I think that something that I wish movies would show more is the friendship part. We're always like, totally. will they or won't they? And I think it confuses us for actually how to get into relationships. And our friend Hannah, who we mention a lot, once I literally asked her, like, how do I tell someone I like them? Because I would literally just think someone was attractive and like nice and be like, how do I tell that person that like we should be together after a mm-hmm. week? And she would be like, why don't you be friends with them first? And I was like, oh, trick them. Yeah, totally. But <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, lie and like figure out how to do it after a few months. Sure, I'll know more info to manipulate them then. No, but I was basically like, I, I, I like watching people get to know each other. No, I do too. I so agree that it's like oftentimes in movies, they like skip over that part. And obviously they have limited time, but they'll be like, oh, we just have such a connection. And I'm like, literally, have you ever spoken? You guys had one meal together. And it makes you root for them more when you see a back and forth, when you see a dialogue, which, you know, I want to talk about Cameron Diaz before we jump to our next uh, movie. Uh, because she has an amazing storyline here too, where she does jump in bed immediately with someone, and that is Judith Law. Judy Law, who I has never think been hotter, <laughs> has never been hotter because he he really performs um, with the complex masculinity of a widower with two daughters who's emotional. And Cameron Diaz is the, the career obsessed lockdown one. Tess, you guys, you and Cameron are sort of in similar lines of work. Okay. I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing, and I'd forgotten that that was her job. And also, shout out to the fake movie trailer with Lindsay Lohan when Lindsay Lohan was a movie star. RIP oh, to that life. RIP. But she does have a similar job. They later explained that she owns the movie trailer making company, which made me feel a little bit more relieved because since she was She's producing... So rich. <laughs> I was like, oh, where is my mansion with billions a home, of dollars? With a home gym? Truly billions of dollars? Oh, okay. I was like, oh, uh, 
something has changed in this industry in the last 15 years. And I know. <laughs> well, also, like, I just have to say, I always think when I watch this movie, like, I know that British people and, like, Irish people think L.A. and Hollywood is, like, the most amazing place in the world. But to me, I'm like, how could you pass up Christmas in, like, the most picturesque, beautiful English countryside for Christmas in Bel Air? I know. (laughs) They make Bel Air look very much like classic Hollywood. I would choose Bel Air in this scenario only because I'd want to be friends with the uh, old rich guy and hump Jack Black. But... (laughs) I also understand the cottage experience. The cottage experience, though, really scares me. If I were Cameron Diaz and I got to that little hole in the wall, I would be like, there is going, I will die here. Well, I have some questions, and I know I keep, like, questioning the logistics of this movie, but back in 2006, (laughs) this home exchange program, I'm like, that, Cameron Diaz's mansion, and she gets to use her car, like, she's using her Lexus. Right. I was like... This would be like a gazillion dollars on Airbnb in modern times. But she just does a random home switcheroo. And she's like, sure, I'll go to your little co- cottage in wherever, England. And you can have my giant mansion and all my stuff and my car. I know. It was also community. weird that she was like <laughs> talking, like chatting with Kate Winslet. And that Kate Winslet was like, it's only available for home exchange. Like I was like, wait, does anybody do that? No, it makes zero sense logistically. And we really, we got to, you know, bless Nancy Myers for all of her wild fantasy choices. Oh, I guess that's why we got the Lindsay cameo because Parent Trap connection. Didn't put that together. Also, Lindsay was like, how much am I going to get? Six grand. Okay, that's going to fund one trip to a consignment shop. If we've all seen the Oprah Lindsay Docu series. We which know that we she, have, yeah, which, which we absolutely have, and I actually guilty. watched it with a group of friends every time it came out, and it was incredibly disappointing. But I did see what I thought only I went through, which was like, okay, I have twenty dollars in my bank account now. If I sell this clothing, then maybe I can get this other jacket, which I really like. Anyway, mm-hmm. basically, what I'm saying is, I think Lindsay was like, okay, I'll do it, but I need X, Y, and Z because I want to get like a Chanel suit or whatever. I love the. Jude Locke, Cameron Diaz relationship. They're both way, 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 way too attractive for the real world. But there was something very real in the emotional dynamics. I love that she was like insecure about her sex life because yes. that's something that's never explored in movies about women being like, I just don't know if I'm good at this. And I was told I'm not. And it's definitely something that I felt when I was like much younger. And now I know I'm like, not to brag. I'm not bad <laughs> at sex. But I love that. He's like, no, you're actually really good at this. Not that we need a man's opinion, blah, blah, blah. But you know what I mean? I love that they were like, let's have sex night one because. Yes. Let's uh, go into a quick break. All right. We'll be right back on True Romance with some more uh, holiday rom-com discussion. I want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back with True Romance. Uh, We are talking about the Christmas holiday and the love that's supposed to surround it, the Christmas rom-coms that have truly brought us so much joy. I want to jump into one that you wouldn't think is a Christmas rom-com, but it truly is. And it means so much to um, uh, the human race. And that is Bridget Jones's diary. I have another shout out for people saying that Renee Zellweger was chubby or I, I, I simply cannot. She's perfect in this movie. Hot. It's so, so hot. Offensive. It's so offensive. I love, love, love Bridget Jones' Diary. I think it is just like one of the greatest romantic comedies it of is. all time. I do think that it gave me an eating disorder. I hold it personally responsible. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. She's like a size four. It's so yes, crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I think it gave Renee Zellweger an eating disorder. I'm serious because people were always talking about like, wow, she gained so much weight. Those were like headlines about women gaining weight. That's what roles. I'm remembering is like the grocery store, like down at Shaz, at Shaz, the grocery store, Us Weekly, Star Magazine headlines being like, Renee Zellweger, insane weight gain to play like normal woman. I was like, wait, what? We all have eating disorders here, so I think we can say it, but <laughs> everyone was real thin anorexic, and it just yeah. was like, okay, so to be hot, you'd have to not eat. Yeah. On the cover of, like, the Star magazines, it would just be, pe- remember, it would be just pictures of women with cellulite? It would be, right. like, Star Cellulite, and there are, I'm sure. Guess who? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I would be like, me? Is that me? Oh, my God. <laughs> even worse in the movie though is i don't know if you've read the book which i in fact have and it's written in a diary format and every day she like writes it's so relatable now unfortunately as i'm old how many stop saying you're old you're not no i'm not old but i'm the same age as she is in that movie and like early 30s early to mid and she writes every day in her diary like 
uh, how many cigarettes she smoked that day, which I relate yeah, to. Yeah, strong relate. Strong relate. <laughs> I'm like okay. four to six. Uh, <laughs> and, and her weight, which I don't relate to because I would not do that Oh, anymore. I relate to. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't do that anymore either. I don't but do that anymore, that but I common. do relate. Yes. And she's always hovering between unfortunately like 128 and like no 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 i haven't been 128 pounds since like middle school no literally no literally i was 110 pounds in sixth grade wait is she five period like five feet tall okay i think she's meant to be short but like it still is very shocking and upsetting and i it's seared into my brain for all eternity like i i mean that is like the kind of thing that you remember forever and you're like reading as a 14 year old and you're like i'm obese (laughs) (laughs) i really am glad that we brought up bridget jones's diary because i think it's going to be my next fashion inspiration in terms of wearing skirts that are too short, wearing a see-through top. I don't have like the tits to pull it off really, but I just love the sort of, it's a little campy the way she dresses and that she's just sort of like, I'm going to be like tardy, but I think that's so hot. And I love when she's trying to get Hugh Grant's like attention in the office. And I think their Mm -hmm. relationship is really hot, even though it's toxic, which I think adds to the relationship. This is one of his better roles, and I so relate oh, yeah. to, like, it's trying his, he's to... He's sh- born for it. Absolutely. I so relate to, like, trying to, like, show my boobs off through my shirt oh, yeah. at work, maybe. I know. <laughs> I know, oh, same. Yeah. Or, like, you know, in a thirst trap. I consistently wore crop tops to work, and I strongly uh, promote that. But also watching the undoing versus rewatching. Bridget Jones's diary. What do you think of what's the word? The metamorphosis of Hugh Grant from that character to the undoing serial killer character. He seems like someone, first of all, spoiler alert, I haven't watched. Second of all, (laughs) I think that he's someone who just seems to deal with a lot of depression because he's so charming, so hot, uh, so funny, but seems like he has a mean streak, which is why it right. plays so well in Bridget Jones. But I don't know. He just file him under someone who has everything they literally ever needed and still has emotional problems. I love him, and he's in so many romantic comedies that I love. And oh, you know, two weeks notice, shout out. I know he has divine. He has two roles. One is the Notting Hill role, where he's just a boy, or she, you know looking at a girl, whatever, right? And he says, whoopsie daisy. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like bumbling idiot kind of guy. And then the other is like the Bridget Jones, like the cad kind of guy. And I I don't know what it says about me that I prefer the latter guy. Oh, yeah. He's so much hotter. He is hotter, yeah. Oh, my God. And to bring a man like that, like to his knees somewhat, is like so hot that like to be someone like a guy like that's kryptonite. Oh, my God. But we have to talk about like the real actual emotional core of this movie, which is the Colin Firth relationship. And okay. I think it's one of the roman- most romantic storylines in, I'm going to throw this out here, film history. And wow. I'm speaking mostly of the scene, which I think I can closely quote by heart, which is when she goes to the dinner party and gets embarrassed because all these married couples are there and they're basically like, why are you single, Bridget? Right. Like, why don't you just find a guy? Right. And he Realistic. sticks up for her. And as she's leaving early, she's like mortified. And 
he basically comes out and he's like, I'm really happy to hear that it didn't work out for you. And what's his face? She has this great line when she's leaving where she looks at him and they're alone in like the foyer. And she's like, are you trying to make me feel like a total idiot every time I see you? Because you really don't have to bother. I already feel like a complete idiot all the time. Oh, good. (sighs) And he says, like, I don't think you're an idiot. I know that your mother is really interesting. A lot of times things come out of your mouth before you think them through and you tend to smoke a lot and drink a little bit too much. And she's like, oh, so you like me except for the vulgar mother and the smoking and the drinking. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. What I'm trying to say is I like you just the way you are. Uh, I am just thinking about it. I know. (laughs) And literally her friends are like, so he doesn't want to change anything about you. He just likes you exactly the way you are. And it's so beautiful because it's so beautiful because that what is that's what our whole story is about with like writing down the cigarettes and writing down the weight is like how do I become this person who's together and here's this guy who just likes her for exactly how she is and I I really ascribe to that moment like that's all I want is a guy to just say that yeah is this sad <laughs> no I was just thinking the other day about I dated someone who after our first date where I smoked a cigarette I guess after the date the guy like the next time we talked was like yeah I was thinking about it and like I think I'm okay with the smoking thing like I never thought I would date a smoker but I think I'm okay with it and at the time I was like oh my god yeah I mean I totally want to quit I I know it's bad and all this stuff and I was like looking back I'm like wait why the fuck did I immediately like bend to what he was saying and be like oh yeah like I will change this I I know it's not like a personality traits (laughs) smoking but like (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, you think something about me is, like, not good enough for you? Okay, well, like, immediately I'll try to say I'll change exactly what you said. What the fuck? This is just, like, in Sex and the City when Carrie goes out with Aiden and he's like... Obviously the first thing that came to mind. Obviously. And he's like, I can't. I just can't date a smoker. It's just a thing I have. And she's like, I'm not really a smoker. Like, me. I know. And I've so many times told people in romantic interests and otherwise that I don't really smoke. I'm like, I don't smoke. I just, like, you know, occasionally, like, I'll just have one, you know, like, with friends. It's every single day. (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about Nora Ephron for a little bit. And everything to change the face of the romantic comedy. And specifically, we wanted to talk, especially with Tess, about when Harry met Sally. Now, oh. when Harry met Sally talks, the, the general rule is that men and women can't be friends. That, yes, yes. that is the thesis of that movie. But you have male friends. And I've obviously inquired with Devin. I'm like, wait, so she's not dating any of them. Nothing's ever happened. And you've just had guy friends. I would like yeah. to clarify that I have had male friends who I have had sex with. And... Yes. We, okay. did, we ended up not staying friends. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to maintain friendship after you've had But sex. I do have some platonic male friends. That right. is yes. correct. And we are friends. And I wasn't somebody who had tons of guy friends when I was younger. I even went to an all-girls school briefly. So um, I just, I think that if your motives are in the right place and that if you aren't expecting that person to treat you like a girlfriend or if, or that you are treat you don't treat them like a boyfriend then right. it's then it makes for a different dynamic and i think that leads me to when harry met sally is that they are leaning on each other in the way that you would lean on someone right. in a relationship 
I've definitely been in a situation with someone where I was treating them like they were my boyfriend. Right. They were not. It was incorrect. Well, I think that's such a good point because I think the way that I recognize other people doing it is because I have done it. And I'm like, I've twice now been friends with someone and been like, I have a crush on this person. And how do I tell them? And when I was like texting with them, I would try to turn the conversation to be about something flirtatious and I would text them at all hours and, you know, send pictures of myself, not nudes, but like flirty in that way. So it's, I think, easy for me to catch when I'm like, oh, this person is like being a little bit flirtatious. Whereas if they were just a friend, yeah, it would just be like, oh, my God, LOL. Remember this thing that happened or like, oh, I just saw this news story, like you said. Yeah, and I think that with any, like, male friends that I've had, like, it's mostly been like that, unless it wasn't, and then we ended up having sex, and then it didn't quite turn out like when Harry met Sally, even though maybe (laughs) I wished it would have. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think... I'm... Okay. Was the sex good? No. No, it wasn't. It wasn't good. It was not good either time. (laughs) Do you think it's because you knew each other too well? Yes. I think that was part of it. I think it was part of it. It was weird. That makes sense. I wish I had had sex with two of my guy friends in different times, not not at the same time. But like, I've never been opposed to that idea either. No, I wish that (laughs) I, (laughs) I really had these two huge crushes on two of my guy friends forever ago. My God, like 10 years ago. And I'm really disappointed that it never happened. But I did. I had like a short fling with a guy friend once. And it was so funny because we knew each other so well. I was like openly selfish. Like I was like, listen, so nothing's going to happen between us after this. I just like really want to get this over with. But I was very upfront about like, so if we're going to do this, it's going to be like this. And we're not going to have any notions or confusion about what's to come. And I don't think and now in retrospect, I wish I had been kinder, but it was also extremely clean because I was super honest and I felt that level of comfort where I could be really honest with him. Right. Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, I relate a lot to like the post coital moments of when Harry met Sally, oh where it's suddenly, God. where you think so it's going to be, where you think it's going to be like all normal because you guys are, you have this long history as a friendship and like blah, blah, blah. And like we're, we're friends, we're close, we can tell each other anything. So like, obviously we can talk about sex, but then it's like, it just, you want it to not be a big, like, I always am like, oh, sex is not a big deal. It's just like, whatever. Right. But like, it just does change things. And I know I don't. I've wanted sex not to be a big deal, but it is unfortunately a yes. big deal to me. <laughs> yes. And I like want to be hairy, but I am Sally. Unfortunately. That's one of my favorite lines in the movie, and I apply it so much to myself, where he said there's only low-maintenance women and high-maintenance women, and she's like, oh, what am I? And he's like, you're the worst kind. You think you're low-maintenance, but you're actually high-maintenance. And I remember a boyfriend literally saying that to me. He was like, you think you go with the flow, but you're actually extremely high-maintenance and need things to be exactly your way. And I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm the kind of person who's like, I can get whatever for dinner. And someone's like, okay, great. Let's do Italian. And I'm like, no, we're going to no. do Mexican. <laughs> I know. I, I'm like, no, like passive aggressive or like passive aggressive. like, okay. I guess No, I could. just was like, I don't know. I was thinking something different, but 
I know everyone that I've dated has told me that they think when they like first meet me that I'm really chill and cool and like whatever. And then when they start dating me, realize that I'm the most uptight Frank, Bethany Frankel, frantic. Like, I'm just like, sorry, I'm just having a lot of anxiety right now because like we're going on a trip and like I can't. Um, Hashtag this is a crisis. (laughs) And so I'm like, sorry, I trapped you by making you think that I was actually cool. Okay, but. There is in the Christmas scene, this is one of my favorite endings to a movie ever of all time. And that's Billy Crystal running in the street to meet her at a New Year's party. And I'll say this from a film perspective. One of my favorite parts of this is that they don't kiss at midnight. They're still fighting after it's midnight is called and people are kissing. And it's because their timing isn't right. Their timing has never been right. And I love the line he says to her where he's like, I'm not coming here tonight because I'm lonely. I came here tonight because when you realize that you're supposed to spend the rest of your life with someone, the rest of your life, you want to start as soon as possible. Yeah. And it's not because it's New Year's and it's not because I'm lonely. <laughs> oh, my God. It's I so died. Died. I, I, I can't believe it. And, okay, another miracle of this movie is that Billy Crystal is hot in it. He is. He is is such a dad in normal life. He just has such dad vibes. And in the movie, you're like, okay, you look like you're amazing in bed. Like you're an amazing kisser. Like I, I need to be with you. He's so attractive. Because he's kind of fuckboyish, and you're like, yes, you're negging us, huh? (laughs) Okay, I'm into that. (laughs) Oh my god, and Meg Ryan in general. I mean, it's she just really. I think she's the most adorable person of all time. I love yeah. her so much. The one problem that I have with Nora Ephron movies, and I mean the only one because I love Nora Ephron movies, is that often she does this trope where like the people in the movie who get broken up with don't care at all. Like in Yes, they do. No, no, no. In like when Harry and Sally break up with each other, like they're they care. But like when when, when Greg Kinnear yeah like um when in you've got mail like they the two love interests break up with their current partners and both partners are like okay yeah you're right we shouldn't be together in sleepless in seattle meg ryan like breaks up with her fiance and he's like oh okay well you should probably go find the one you're really in love with now it's really weird like it's like it's Bill Pullman, yeah, right? It's yeah, Bill it Pullman. It's like, wait, why? You just never wanted to like close that loop and say like, okay, well, maybe this guy should be like a little bit upset or this, especially having our personal experiences with men facing rejection. It's like, I don't think they would really be like, okay, go on be the then. one you love. They'd be go like, fuck you stupid else bitch, then. you ruined my life. <laughs> I know. Fuck you, slut. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I, yeah. Now I'm just replaying an awful breakup in my head. No, I think that Parker Posey in You've Got Mail is one of my favorite female characters of all time. She just plays Tom Hanks' awful boy, awful girlfriend. And yeah. when they're stuck in an elevator together with a bunch of people, everyone's spilling their hearts out. Like when the elevator offerman is like, you know, if I ever get out of here, I'm going to propose to Bernice. And this old woman's like, I'm going to talk to my sister again. And Tom Hanks is like, if I ever get out of here, and Parker Posey's like, oh, I'm out of my Tic Tacs. I know. I love Parker Posey so much. <laughs> she looks at him and she's like, what? She's a genius. She's truly she's a genius. Like, if I ever get out of here, I'm going to get my eyes lasered. Okay, I know. Guys. Well, You've Got Mail is a movie that I was watching like two years ago. And I was like, I've seen 
You've got me mail a million times. It's so great. I'm going to watch it. It's Christmas time. Why not? And I realized I had never seen the whole movie. I really? I that is had, psychotic. I, that is I psychotic. never got to the end. I never got to the end. I was <gasps> like, wait, it becomes springtime? I never knew this. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. You just never knew if they got together or not? It's Oh, this has happened to me with a lot of movies where I have seen them bits and pieces of them so many times right. on like U- the USA Network or whatever. Right. That right. I like in my mind, I'm like, I've seen that movie a thousand times, but I never right. got to when they got together. I never got to her being sick with the sniffles in her house and he comes over. Right. Yes. I, spoiler with alert. daisies. He brings daisies. Over. I know. Her giant apartment. I thought it was Christmas the whole time. Her entire brownstone that belongs just to her and she owns a struggling mom and pop. Yeah. Okay. I have to talk about another amazing end of line. Nora Ephron's writing is spectacular. And that's when Tom Hanks, a like quote unquote, leaves her to go meet her secret pen pal. And he goes, I've been thinking. And she knows already. She's like, what? And she knows already what he's going to say. And he says, if I was in Fox books, and you weren't the shop around the corner. And she just goes, yeah, I know. And he goes, I would have asked you out to dinner. And I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't have been able to wait 24 hours before calling you. And I would have said, do you want to go to the movies? Or do you want to rent a movie? Or do you want to go to dinner for the rest of our lives as we both shall live? I, I mean... I don't know what to do with that. I don't know if I I want that in my life. I want like a, a I don't want a big romantic moment. Like I think guys think you want like uh, a real your name spelled in candles or like the Kardashians who get like a truck full of roses spelling like with like Kenny G like playing like his <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That seems awful to me and so stressful. I would so just be bad. like, how much money did you spend on this? Because this is really concerning. Because we actually and, like, could have bought Meg Ryan's brownstone with all this money that you spent. We could have, you know, like cured world poverty. We could have solved world poverty. Um, no, I I just want someone to say something like that. I just want someone who's effusive with emotion. Not too effusive. Like, I don't want like a fucking scavenger hunt to tell me you, you love me. Your love language isn't gifts. Your love language isn't gifts. I take it's it. It's thoughtfulness. I, and I always say that when people ask what I want for Christmas or Valentine's Day, I say I want a nice card. Wait, you guys, do you have a problem? Like, do you find that You've Got Mail still holds up even though it just feels so of its time? You know what I mean? With like the it Barnes and Noble. holds up for me. And the, the Barnes AIM. and Noble of it all. And the AIM of it all. I know. Yeah. I mean, no, I love, don't think love, it holds love, up. Love, 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 love. Also because I feel like I keep this past um, election, it kept ringing in my ears, the the line where she's like, and you know what? I didn't vote in the last election because she didn't at the time, vote for Trump. I know, but at the time it was probably like, oh my God, that's so cute and funny. Like she's like a Democrat, but she just assumed Clinton would win. Meanwhile, if someone said that now, you'd be like, so you actually are a militia man who... <laughs> doesn't believe in coronavirus <laughs> okay yeah. i have to say something about the the role of greg kinnear in uh you've got mail is obviously based off of her marriage to carl bernstein oh interesting have um, you guys ever read or seen the movie heartburn it's heartburn right obviously of course. Yeah. So it's read God. the book watch the movie it's a, a, um, oh, i God. recommend it for anyone going through a cheating experience a betrayal or a breakup 
It's very moving. And Jack Nicholson could get it forever hot. I think that, yeah, Carl Bernstein was this journalist who actually ended up cheating on her. And that's all about what heartburn is about. But she paints Greg Kinnear as this paranoid, like self-obsessed journalist who's super self-important. And that's why when she says she doesn't vote in like a city council race, Devin, it's not the presidency. But she does. No, it's not. Yeah, she's talking about the presidential election. No, she's not, babe. Wait, yes, she I will take you to small claims court. As somebody who's only seen this movie all the way through one time, as it turns out, I don't remember this exchange, so I have nothing to add. (laughs) I have to say something. I watched it last week. Last week. I'm not even, I'm not being hyperbolic. It was on TV. She says, I didn't vote in the city council race. It's something like that. Yeah. Because I remember thinking like, if it's, if you didn't vote in the election, that is kind of like a weird thing. Like that, that, that's not a small deal. But it was something, uh, an oh, election. Carrie Bradshaw isn't even registered to vote. I know. By the and way. And Samantha votes based off attractiveness. So she obviously voted for Biden. If you babed me on this and you're wrong, if you said, no, she's not, babe, and you're wrong, I will revel <laughs> in being right. I will literally <laughs> never stop glowing from the joy of being right if I find out I'm right about this. But anyway. We have to take a quick break and we will be right back with more true romance. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to True Romance. Since this is a movie-centric episode, we thought it would be the perfect opportunity for us to introduce a new segment that was actually gifted to us by a friend. Um, The segment is called Quarantween, 
and it is the brainchild of my good friend, Jesse Konevsky. Jesse is the human embodiment of 90s and early aughts pop culture. She, When I went to her baby shower, there was a table that was just dedicated to her friends from the O-Town scene, meaning her friends that she met outside O-Town concerts. <laughs> and one time I DM'd her a picture that came up on this Hilary Duff fan account that I follow. And it was a picture of Hilary Duff with Ashley Parker Angel from O-Town. So obviously taken in the early aughts. I DM it to Jesse, and she responds, oh yeah, I was there and proceeds to send a picture of herself at the same event with Ashley Parker Angel in the same outfit and then a picture of Ashley Parker Angel holding a Superman figurine. And I said, what's with the Superman figurine? And she said, oh, we gave that to him as a gift in the parking lot. <laughs> anyway, so she just is my favorite person on to talk to about many of these subjects, including and especially teen movies. And she had the idea to start doing reviews of all the teen romance movies she's been watching in quarantine and call it Quarantween. So what you're about to hear is the first installment of that. Please take a listen. Hey guys, Jesse here with your True Romance Quarantween Report. This week I'm going to talk about one of my favorites. It's a Netflix original movie and it is called Tall Girl. It's a wild ride. I'm excited to get into it. So here I go. Tall Girl is a movie about a girl who is six foot one, and that is just the end of the world for her. There's nothing worse in her eyes than being six foot one, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, because if anybody watched Clueless, which if you didn't, you've got to go do it right now. Cher is like, I want to be 5'10 like Cindy Crawford, who was a supermodel at the time. And like six one, not that much taller than 5'10. I mean, I don't understand the big problem. She doesn't seem to have any physical ailments. I can understand it, like if she had scoliosis or something. But like she doesn't have any of those problems. Her biggest issue is that she can't find women's Nikes in her size. And she's just looking at it like, why even get out of bed if I can't get a cool pair of Air Max that's for ladies? Okay, so we get it. She's tall. She's miserable. The kids at school are making fun of her. Now, when I say they're making fun of her, they're not like giving her death threats or anything like that. They're just like, how's the weather up there? And you're not Taylor Swift, you're taller Swift. But still, she has to wonder if this is a life worth living. She actually comes from a great home. I found myself extremely attracted to the father in this film. I know that their target audience, there's probably a lot more eye candy for them. But for me, Steve Zahn, it was his cutest role since Lenny in That Thing You Do, Dad and Tall Girl. Anyway. She has two best friends. One is a super cool chick who is, like, kind of her rock and her cheerleader. And the other is this kind of weird, quirky guy who, like, carries his books around in a milk crate. But, and he's been in, like, love with her his whole life. But, like, nothing about her home life or her friends or anything is doing it for her. She just wishes she wasn't tall. All of a sudden, a foreign exchange student shows up. They hit it off. They have chemistry. He's her height, so all is right in the world. And what happens, he ends up being a douche too. Suddenly she realizes that the kid who carried around the milk crate that was in love with her his whole life, like maybe he's the one for her after all. They go to kiss. He can't reach her lips. What does he do? He turns over the milk crate, stands on it, and we have a happy ending. My thoughts on this movie is there is weird sexual energy with everyone who is the same height all throughout it. 
you didn't feel too much for the tall girl because I like I would give up all my Nikes to first of all look like her, have a family like hers, have a best friend like hers, but okay, fine. Kind of weird. The premise was a little strange. But did it take me out of 2020 for a couple minutes? Yeah, it did. Hour and a half out of 2020, just screaming at my TV. It's okay. You don't need the Nikes. I would say five out of five stars. The one thing I do want to talk about is this movie character of the best guy friend who has been in love with you his whole life. Who is that happening to in real life? I would love to know. Has that happened to any of you guys? Because that has never happened to me. Never happened to any of my friends. None of my friends ever called me up and was like, hey, you know Bobby, my best friend? It turns out he's been in love with me this whole time and he's not a troll and uh, we're getting married. That like that, that doesn't happen. Let me think about my guy friends in high school for a minute. Okay, I had one guy friend that I met outside an O-Town concert in Long Island. He came up to me after the show. He said, hey, what's your name? I said, Jesse. He said, do you live in Brooklyn? I said, yes. He said, can I get a ride home? I said, yes. Because I guess my mom never taught me that you shouldn't just give a ride, an hour and a half ride, to some random guy at an O-Town concert and be alone in a car with this complete stranger at night. I didn't learn that lesson. I will say we hit it off right away and there was no trouble, but that seems like just a bad decision on my part. Anyway, my other best guy friend, because I surround myself with a very high quality person, was just obsessed with blowjobs in high school, which most guys are. You can't blame them. But he would like go up to any girl and be like, want to give me head? Can you give me head? Any interest in giving me head? I'd like some head. So, I mean, we were never going to turn to each other and be like, oh my God, you're the one for me. That was never going to happen. I will say there was this one girl in high school who threw like a super sweet 16 type party. It was a huge blowout party. She was, we were having a good time at her party. And then this other girl from school was like, I'll give all the guys blowjobs. Let's go out to the bushes. And she like started going down on guys and they were just standing there in line like, great, here's our time to get blowjobs. The birthday girl found out, went nuts. She, like, took the girl's birthday gift, threw it across the dance floor. She was like, get out of my party. Anyway, my best guy friend married the birthday girl. And guess what? She loves giving head. Anyway, if you happen to be a person whose guy friend was in love with you the whole time, show yourself because I don't believe that's a thing that exists in real life. That being said, I absolutely love it in movies, especially teen movies. And so Tall Girl, five out of five stars, must-see TV. And yeah, I'm almost 40. Thank you so much, Jesse, for that stunning piece of journalism and for your raw reporting. Now we're going to get back to holiday rom-coms. So let's talk about I would say probably the the fat shamingest holiday rom com of all time, second to Bridget Jones, as we discussed, which is Just Friends. Which basically the theme of the movie is not only Christmas themed, but also if you lose weight, you can make someone fall in love with you. And yeah. that's just not true. Not true. And also you don't want to be in love with someone who doesn't love you at any size. And that's what the movie Juno taught me. He's like, find right. someone who loves you no matter what. 
fat also i'm like skinny just friends like i was like wait what is so great about this girl like i felt like what heath ledger said in 10 things i hate about you like does she have beer flavored nipples like why are all these guys obsessed with her she's so boring she's like i want to be a teacher that's her only personality trait She's this not is funny. the problem I have with guys that I've fallen in love with. I'm like, what, we that have they don't fun. Have a personality? No, that that I'm like, we have fun. You think I'm funny. You want to talk to me. And then you go for these girls that you have nothing to say, but they're arm candy. And I'm right. not trying to hate on other women or like compete with other women. I just mean that I'm like, I know we have more chemistry. Right. No offense to Amy Smart, who may be a lovely person, but that is very much her that was like very much her niche is being like right. this girl next door who someone was obsessed with i don't know if you saw the movie road trip but like had basically no personality of course i saw the movie road trip tom green boston massachusetts is that the line from the movie no oh yeah no no that is it i've never that seen it. it it's really funny actually it's so bad yeah amy smart is like very much that ty- like she's that type to a t like she has like no personality, like super cute, super girl next right. door, suburban gal type. Right. What all my exes wanted, right? Exactly. But Anna Ferris is a comedic genius. Yes. The things- 100%. Main takeaway. I mean, main takeaway. And the second main takeaway was, oh, you really could just be extremely overtly homophobic right. in 2005 <laughs> in the movies and just... Be like, that's gay. Oh my god, you're so gay. Oh dude, homo. you're so gay. My brother's oh, a homo. homo. Yeah. Homo. Okay, homo. I know. Oh, Mom, you have like, you ever I seen know. like a Friends episode? It's so disturbing. It's like it is really all crazy. the jokes are Chandler and Joey being like, "Whoa, dude, you are standing way too close to me." And I honestly, <laughs> it is. I, this is weird, but like if a guy won't kiss another guy on the cheek or thinks that's weird, I'm like, you know what? Just grow up. It, being in the improv scene in New York City, God bless me, there would be times <laughs> when guys would in the scene or whatever have to kiss on on stage. And if they faked kissing, I was like, nope, forever judging you. That's so dumb. Yeah. I once saw guys simulate sex on stage and one of them was straight and I was literally more attracted to him from it because I was just like, if you're scared of sexuality, then I don't get it. I I really don't. I don't either. Well, these men were very scared of sexuality. And in fact, there is not even any sex scene in the whole movie, right? Because like in the end, he gets afraid to make a move. Is anyone actually going to make out or like do something sexual? The only person who's not afraid of their sexuality is the MVP of the movie, Anna Ferris. Right. <laughs> who's incredible. She was like the main funny part because this movie reminded me of my problem with many early 2000s, 90s movies, which is that I hate injury comedy. Like I hate the type of comedy where it's like someone gets hit in the balls or like something falls on someone. Like, does anyone actually think that's funny? Like, is anyone like actually laughing out loud at a reindeer falling on someone's head? This was a movie for adults. I know. Like, okay, I like a little bit laughed when he went down the <laughs> when he went down the hill on the toboggan. I don't know why, but somehow Chris <laughs> Klein in like that whole situation was funny right. to me. <laughs> no, Chris Chris Klein was actually really funny and really good in this. But I was like, oh yeah, throwback Chris Klein. He used to be in everything. Poor Chris Klein. 
Yeah, I would say that this movie didn't super hold up, though it has a pretty good mid-aughts soundtrack, and it, it does. is a showcase for Anna Faris's talents. And I also noticed that Ryan Reynolds was wearing a ton of makeup. I was like, what is going he on? He looked really bad. I know. He looks so much better now. He's really aged well, but he did not look good in the movie. He's had a pretty miraculous career, and Chris Evans, too, where they've played goofy leads and like, not another teen movie and stuff, and now right. they're like suddenly such heartthrobs. Shout out to Chris Evans and his dog, really um, holding on hope that we run into each other someday. Wait, also, Evans. though, it's crazy that, speaking of people's Wikipedia personal life pages, it's crazy how many people Ryan Reynolds has dated in Hollywood. Alanis Morissette? Yes, yeah, Sandra Johansson. Bullock, I believe. Oh yeah, the proposal. Scarlett Johansson. Oh my god, they were Ryan married. Reynolds. Anyone else? Probably. What are some of the problematic Christmas rom coms? Um, there's a lot of them. There are many. Speaking of one that's recent that I did not see, so I can't speak too much to it, is the movie uh, with Khaleesi and. Uh, that super hot guy from Crazy Rich Asians, which is Last Christmas. I also didn't see it. I have not seen it either. All three of us. Maybe seen we it. shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> but were you going to say a butt test? I was going to say it's saved on my HBO Max watch list. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say it. like Tess and I. Tess and I planned to see it. I don't know we if did. you remember this test. I but, do. Like I distinctly remember like. We were planning to see it, and then I Googled what the plot was, and then I remember saying to you, like, okay, I know what happens, and it's pretty bad. <laughs> like, it's pretty disappointing. I so I want to maybe not see it, but I'm I- going to spoil it for our listeners because it's supposed to be such a bad movie. So fast forward if you don't want to hear a spoiler. But he is a fucking ghost. No, he, no, last no. Christmas, last <laughs> Christmas, in the it's based literally off the lyric, which is "Last Christmas I gave you my heart." She had a yep. heart transplant, and he gave he it to gave her. Gave her his no. Heart. Yep. Oh yep. my god! Yep. This is like that yep. Nicholas Sparks movie that I saw with Hannah and Holly, where it turns out there's a ghost involved. Any movie with a ghost. What the fuck is with that? And also, it reminds me of a romantic comedy, quote unquote, where David Duchovny falls in love with Mini Driver. Okay, it's called I've Return seen that. to I've Me. Seen that. Saw it in theaters. It's called Return to Me, and he doesn't know that Mini Driver has his wife's heart. It's shocking. It also reminds me of Vice, where Dick Cheney gets a heart transplant. No, I'm kidding. From from hottie Jesse Plemons, forever hot. Oh my god, I blocked that out of my memory that he gets it from Jesse Plemons. Like, he becomes Clemens? Landry from um, Friday Night Lights, and it just actually oh. turns into a Friday Night Lights spinoff. We should only hope. No, I, I remember reading that, and it was like, I read this article that was like, and then he literally gives her his heart because it was last Christmas you gave me my heart. And I was like, Tess, I don't know if we should see this. <laughs> I don't like, know if we're going to be yeah. satisfied. We don't need that. I guess that's a route to romance that I haven't thought of is getting a heart transplant, but I am. Um... I'm not in the mood. Cut to 10 years later. Carolina's like, it's my last hope. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. I'm like, I, you know what? I decided to get back to smoking. That is a <laughs> lesson to you guys. It may look cool, but st- spending time in the hospital is not fun. Love actually is all around us. 
I was gonna play the opening from Love Actually, but then I was like, is it copyright? But it's also so problematic. The the opening is something that I wasn't aware of, and I think Tess is the one. Like I was like, I love Love Actually. It's such a good movie. It's my favorite Christmas romance movie. And Tess was like, except for that, it opens with nine eleven. And You're I like, was like, ah, <laughs> on second thought, I had forgotten that it opens with 9-11. It opens with 9-11. And he says that on 9-11, I'm paraphrasing, but it's essentially like we thought that it was a day of hate, but like we saw all this, these examples of love and love actually is all around. And when right. you go to the airport, you see people waiting at the terminal And I was like, okay, love is all around, except not from the terrorists. Interesting that that was your takeaway from 9-11 is is love. But when I was rewatching The Holiday, I realized that Cameron Diaz also says something about terrorism. She's like, well, women like have frown lines because we have to deal with like terrorism and stuff and i was like did every rom-com at the time have to mention terrorism like could you not have just done a little escape for us where you didn't mention that terrorism was a huge threat i will say that there's parts of love actually that i like colin firth's romance i'm i'm happy about him always especially the scene where the woman who's helping him jumps into a lake to save his writing and we see her lower back tattoo which i couldn't pull off but she absolutely does good and then he learns portuguese to be able to speak to her and she learns english to be able to speak to him a lot of um more fat shaming in this movie though like her fat sister is he's like you is a thing and tree trunk thighs i didn't say it Hugh Grant, secretary, said it. (laughs) Hugh Grant in his, again, gorgeous sort of Monica uh, Lewinsky-inspired aid is, like, made fun of for her weight. Again, super hot. Don't understand that. He picks her up at the end of the movie, and he's like, you've certainly gained a few. And she's like, oh, shut up. And I'm like, okay, if a guy said that to me, I'd be like, so we're going to couples therapy. And also my eating disorder has woken up from being sedentary. The other shocking thing about that storyline and is that he's like kind of into her, but embarrassed about it because everybody keeps calling her fat. And then Billy Bob Thornton plays this Bill Clinton as yeah, sort of president who comes on to her, basically sexually harasses her. What is she supposed to do? He's the president of the United States. Right. And she's like a lowly aide and they fire her. And then he's like, just kidding. I'm in love with you. <laughs> that I'm also like, inspires Hugh Grant to not go into like the Iraq war. <laughs> like, it's so weird. Yeah. I know. Again, interesting that they saw the Monica Lewinsky scandal, the writers of this movie, and were like, okay, that's also something we should explore. Like they were like 9-11, the Monica Lewinsky scandal porn actors falling in love with each other okay i like that storyline <laughs> i did too it was so cute isn't that guy like what's his name the guy the actor martin freeman thank He's you cute, uh, also hot okay i have to some i want to skip back to billy bob thornton and ask you guys okay would you ever absolutely right what, like have sex with billy bob a hundred percent have sex with billy bob or the yes. president character yeah billy oh bob, not yes. the president character disgusting no billy bob like I would never, obviously not uh, sustainable for relationship purposes, but anyone who makes Angelina Jolie that turned on has to be like incredible they in bed. They clearly were like 
fucking when they were on the the red that carpet. Red carpet. It's like yeah. the couples you see that you're like, okay, clearly it's bad, but also clearly the sex is so good that maybe she got like eight that. tattoos for him. I know. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, they were so. She put a vial of blood around like her neck for him. I just think that they never really said anything bad about each other. He was like, she's amazing. They still had good things to say. She got his tattoos like removed and was like, I kind of bugs me that they're still there. But I think, yeah, just so I, I just feel like he's like trashy in one of my favorite ways. He's bad Santa, baby. Sign me up. So hot. Merry Christmas. Speaking of Santa, um, Wait, any other thoughts on Love Actually before I... No, we should move on. Okay, so Tess and I tried to venture into some modern rom-coms. Yes, we did. We we did throw on Netflix's Holidate. I watched the trailer and let's just say that was enough for me. It was... No, I actually thought it looked really good. I was so like disappointed because I thought it looked really good. And I immediately was like offended because like immediately the only person of color character is the mall Santa. That's like the opening sequence. And I was like, what? Also, I'm sorry. This is what I'm going to say about it from the only the trailer. <laughs> Carolina's like, I haven't seen it. All right. Before you guys get started, here's my thoughts. <laughs> you guys don't know anything and I know everything. Okay. So you cannot have two conventionally boring ass attractive people as romantic comedy leads let's look at the successful ones diane keaton and jack nicholson something's got to give one of the best of all time tom hanks cute but not like cheesy hot i think he's Uh, ugly (laughs) you're psychotic he's so cute (laughs) no but again like him and meg ryan cute like maybe a little vanilla but this fucking guy in holiday has highlights he has highlights in his gelled hair i'm like what is this eighth grade Emma Roberts is the size of a little Polly Pocket. She has yeah. no charisma. I'm looking for something with interesting people. Billy Crystal, that's a good romantic comedy lead, as discussed. Uh, Jack Black, I will take over that. Hugh Grant, Colin Firth, like these are interesting, sexy people. That guy is has the sexual charisma of a fucking doorknob. Yes. Does that mean? Sorry. <laughs> But not no offense to him and his family. Well, there's a thing about Netflix movies where it's like there's two categories. There's the category that like, especially in COVID times with nothing coming out in theaters, there's the category that's like the Lifetime movie-esque, yes. Hallmark movie-esque, Vanessa Hudgens princess switch category where it's yes. like ridiculous and it takes place in some like fake European country and like they're using stock footage of Chicago as New York City. It's bad. You know it's bad. You know what you're in for. You're going to hate watch it. And then there's the movie that's like trying to be like kind of good. Right. And I feel like in that category is like to all the boys I've loved before and like someone great. Someone great. Amazing. Holiday, I was unclear which category it was. Right. And because of Emma Roberts, because she's like a little bit famous and Kristen Chenoweth, I decided, oh, maybe this is in... Good the good category but then it wasn't good but it wasn't bad enough to be in the bad category right it was just in between which is what made it not okay and bad (laughs) yes i know exactly what you're saying because it was like 
nonsensical things were happening that would only happen in like a Vanessa Hudgens Hallmark movie. Exactly. But I was like, wait, I thought this was trying to be grounded. Why are they doing like a dirty dance routine and then doing injury comedy where she falls on his face and whatever? Back and to the then like comedy. I it it seemed like it was made in two thousand five, <laughs> truly, because like how stereotyped it was. Also, like ninety percent of the movie took place in a mall in twenty twenty. Right. I was like, what is going on? It's, it's not the eighties. <laughs> yeah, like what? And they they. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I do love the mall, but they didn't even, like, make it about modern malls. Like, if they had been in a Bed Bath & Beyond, I would love to see that. If they had been in an Aerie getting 5 for 25 deal on briefs, I would love to see that. But they were in, like, fake stores that don't exist. It just made no sense. It was not good. Do better, Netflix. Yeah. You guys can do better. You have the funds. I want to speak on the movie The Family Stone, which I have oh. seen multiple times. I'm a huge Tragic. fan of it. It's yes. I have obviously sobbed to it. Saw it in theaters when I was like a teenager and these little kids were talking behind us and my mom did the mom thing where she was like, you shut up. <laughs> I, like, I know. Kids behind us. And I was like, mom, be nice. You're <laughs> embarrassing me. My mom's in the house and she looks at me and mouths. I never said that. She did not say that. She just shushed them. But that's how I interpreted it. And okay. um, I okay, you love lied. this okay. movie. I lied. I love this movie. Sarah Jessica Parker, another great romantic comedy lead. Not We don't need Emma Roberts. We need SJP. And her and Luke Wilson's romance in this so is one so of hot. my so favorite hot. points. Again, a line I love is that he's like really weird and gross to her. They're a great opposites attract moment. And he just sees her randomly one morning and he's like, I had a dream about you last night. And she's like, "I what? And he doesn't tell her anything. And then they like have this wonderful night where they get drunk and high together and they fall asleep in her car. And she's like, what happened to my dream? And he was like, you were a little girl and you were shoveling snow and I was the snow. And I was like, okay, so this is actual poetry better than anything that could be in The New Yorker. I think this is actually profound writing. This is modern love. This is a modern love column. I love the modern love column, but the poetry in The New Yorker, I straight up don't understand. It makes me feel stupid. And then my friend pointed out that, that means it's bad poetry. You're supposed to understand poetry. Oh. And so I just want to throw that out to our listeners. We're not stupid. The New Yorker is. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I'll throw away my New Yorker tote. I love romantic comedies that have to do with families because that's so the holiday spirit. And um, what did you think of Sarah Jessica Parker's character? I thought she was perfect because you see why the family hates her. You see why she's annoying. And also it's the worst feeling when you know that you're coming off poorly and yes. you're just digging yourself a deeper hole. Yes, it is. It's and I so felt relatable. for her because I felt like her guy Dermot, Dermot, whatever Mulroney from yeah. Dermot, wedding. Another Dermot, high oh, Mulroney, the hot, the hot scar. Oh, that hot scar. <laughs> so hot. Her, he doesn't really stick up for her. Like I know he does, but it's like you know his heart's not in sticking up for her. And I think we've all been in that position and also felt that way about people where you're like, okay, like I kind of see what people are saying about you though. And like, I am a little bit embarrassed in front of my family and whatever. So I felt for her because I felt like she was like, why aren't you fighting for me more? But it's his family and it's complicated. And she says, I see you seeing me the way they do. Yeah. I know that really hits. And that's so brutal. I know. What do you think of her, Tess? 
I loved her. I really related to her. And I, and you know, I saw the movie like years ago in theaters and I hadn't seen it in a while. And I watched it yesterday and I had like a hard time with the Rachel McAdams character and the right. family. And I, I, I think my initial thought is like, this family is a bunch of fucking assholes. Like they think they're so right. boho and cool. But then in the end, when she's like, why do you think that you're so much yes. better than me? It's so right. good. And they're like, we're not. And then they all kind of come together. And I, so I felt like, I don't know. I also relate now to having had like siblings, significant others come over and being, ugh, you're right. dating that person and you're inviting them to our, I have a big family as well, like Everett's family. And it's like, yeah. you're inviting them to our Christmas. Right. This intruder, like, I don't want to hang out with them. I don't want to play taboo with them. Right. <laughs> I have to say, I love so very much. And like, I'm literally have tears in my eyes thinking about the Diane Keaton storyline. I think it's oh so God. profound. And you see the Rachel McAdams character and why she's so mean and why she's so mad is like her mom's suffering. Like, oh my God, I'm like fully crying right now. Oh, Carol. At the end when Sarah Jessica Parker does the amazing thing where giving gives them all framed photographs of Diane Keaton pregnant and her mom looks at her and she's like, that's me and you. It's Rachel McAdams and Rachel McAdams just like fully falls apart. And you're like, oh, you've been so mad. And like, because you're so scared and hurt right now. And every character in the movie has that. Right. She realizes like Everett's not in love with SJP, but he wants to marry her because he wants to do it like for his mom. Like he wants right. probably to her to like when he's picking up the ring and his brother's like, why are you doing this? Is it because of mom? And he's like, of course it's because of mom. Right. There's tears rolling down my face right now. And I just want to say it's because of exhaustion from the past month, but also because I like think that's such a beautiful message is that like this whole family's struggling because right, of like the what matriarch. they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's my opinion on the family stone is that I'm actively crying talking about it. Oh, um, no, I just love it. I also think it's so funny. Oh my God. It's just, I, I need to watch after the, we record this. I'm definitely going to watch the holiday over again. I might even watch love actually sue me. It's good. I am like a little holidayed out because we, I, I've been watching all these movies, but I really want to watch family stone now again because I, but I have to be ready to be in a cry. I just yeah. watched it and cried. I did cry a lot in it. It's really good. But I do, I always was a little bit weirded out by the sibling relationship that, switcheroo. Not, it's not normal. It's not that normal. That is really I weird. just could never imagine doing that <laughs> with my own sibling. I, I right. just find not. that very wild. And also, right. back to your point, earlier point about Nora Ephron. I know this isn't a Nora Ephron movie. And the, like, break up, like, acting like nothing ever happened. Like, they just right. break up. And she's like, yeah, sure, date my sister. Right. Like, I'm going to date your brother. And they're like, Whatever. I know. They're like, wait, this actually works out perfectly. Um, we can actually just not be together. There's another movie where that happens that is slipping my mind right now that is, like, so blatant when that happens. But, yeah, this is an example of that. And I actually first saw it when it came out. And I cried, but I remember that, like, I hadn't really been in a relationship. I don't even remember how old I was. I'd never been in a relationship, and I didn't have anything to compare it to. And I was like, wait, this is fucking weird. Is this what it's like? Like, you just don't care if your sibling starts dating your fiancé? <laughs> like, what? Absolutely not. So crazy. I just kept on thinking, like, you're going to be at family events, look across, see Dorma Moroni, and think I've, I remember having sex with you. 
And now you're sitting next to my sister. Like, that's beyond. Also, yeah, that like Claire Danes was like the loose, like the free spirit Peace Corps one. That was like kind of stereotypical. Their storyline sucked. He was like, I want to go to Alaska with you and see this totem pole. I I know. I was like, ew, I would never want that. (laughs) He he is the hinge guy. Dermot Mulroney is the hinge guy who would put like. um, Wanderlust. Want, yeah, I'm looking for someone with wanderlust and like have pictures of himself like camping and I would just immediately swipe no because I just know that I can't. You see him on a mountain hiking and you're like, yeah, that would be you alone, buddy. I know. That would be you with your your friends. Who would you guys choose as a love interest out of all the characters in all these movies? Oh, great question. I'm thinking Jack Black, probably. Or Luke Wilson, but... I don't know. But Jack Black. Billy Bob Thornton. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. It's so hard. I honestly do kind of feel like uh, Jude Law is so attractive that it was, like, painful to me. I know. (laughs) I, like, forgot how attractive he is. I don't know. Like, it's... I just was like, oh, my God. Um, But I do think that, like, I would probably like wish that I was going to choose like a Jack Black or like a Luke Wilson. Also what happened right. to Luke Wilson's career? Where is he? He's great. I saw him in, in the West village probably like five years ago. So that's what he's up to. <laughs> he's in the what, West village. He's still there. He's still there. <laughs> but I feel like in actuality, I would like probably pick a Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> I know. Well, I was going to say like, I think Luke Wilson is a little bit like, of a project so i don't know at this stage of my life if i would yeah that. i had the exact same opinion where i'm like i don't want to ask you to like smoke less pot and like i just right can't. i know and like i think jack black he even though he's not as funny in this role in the holiday but he kind of like he has a great career he's like got his own passions he's doing his own thing that being said jude law's house was beautiful and again the english countryside like how could you score more that you just happen to meet jude law who looks like jude law he has the two cutest daughters of all time who are like daddy so cute (laughs) i know you don't have to deal with the ex-wife no offense (laughs) they have an incredible fort in their house right like i'm like okay cool (laughs) that you stumbled upon this and are still like oh maybe it's complicated i was like come on you're gonna pick joel madden over this situation which is what Cameron Diaz ended up with although he does seem great he seems really hot too yeah you know who I think is really attractive to me a golf pro who accidentally blows his finger off with a firework on the fourth (laughs) oh my god I know this from the holiday holiday trailer and again like I literally when I saw that I was like so is that like the dumb person in the movie and I was like oh it's the lead no it's actually the main main focus of the movie is him And the highlights, so the bad. highlights alone, I'm sorry, it's really problematic to me. Whoever you just need, like the rugged type, I, I don't understand. Oh, my God. I'm forgetting an amazing romantic comedy. I highly recommend it to our listeners. It's basically the plot of the holiday, but so much better. It's with Martin Freeman mentioned earlier and uh, Lake Bell. And it's called. I think I've seen this movie. I it's don't called know what it's called man up yes it's very it's, good it's very good devin you're gonna it uh, listen it's on the best movie of all time but devin you're gonna love it 
80% Rotten Tomatoes. Like, great. It's just a really stellar mid-brow rom-com, which it turns out is my favorite type of movie. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Mid-brow rom-com. I just need something. Yeah, we, you know what? I, I need something that I can be on my phone a little bit. Yes. And I can just relax and enjoy it. I mean, we do not need tension right now. We are all tired. We're getting over one of the worst years in American history. And that has a lot to compete with. We just need, we need a break and we need a little bit of destiny. Well, that is... Brings me to a question for Tess because she is my uh, movie encyclopedia and my pop culture encyclopedia, which is what are your favorite non-holiday rom-coms, Tess, for our listeners? What do you suggest? Oh, I mean, I always say that my favorite, other than When Harry Met Sally, which we've mentioned previously, is My Best Friend's Wedding. Yes, Which features Dermot Mulroney in a nut other character that is sucks basically yeah (laughs) the asshole it's it's a romantic comedy about an asshole woman and and it was modern for its time i I love it i love it i love the complicated women it's very modern i love that it doesn't end up with you know a neat ending right i just think it's really great so yeah i would say that is like up there on my favorites. I also like really love, you know, romantic comedies have taken such a trajectory. Right. And I do love the period of like the aughts rom-com, the like how to lose a guy in 10 days, wedding planner, like that type of romantic comedy that we kind of think about when we think about rom-coms. Like, yes, I I love wedding planner. Watched it recently. It's extremely good. Clueless. Another great ending. Oh, my God. When they're on the stairs. I have to talk about when Cameron Diaz as Kimmy Wallace, which is one of the best names for the weird prissy lead that she is in My Best Friend's Wedding. Another arc where at first you're like, she sucks like an SJP and Family Stone. But then you realize she's actually great and she's super in love with this guy. And I love when she's fighting with julia roberts in the bathroom of a baseball stadium and all these women are like surrounding her and they're like they're like tramp to julia roberts when they find out what she did and like hit on this woman hit on this woman's fiance on their wedding day and kimmy wallace says shut up now i love this man and there is no way i'm gonna give him up to some two-faced big-haired food critic and everyone's (laughs) like yeah like all of these like boston like (laughs) Like a baseball fans like, yeah, ha ha ha. But it's really, it's really a beautiful ending. You know, like Julia Roberts matures through it and she's done so many fucked up things. I can't get over the things she's done. She's literally like hacked into a guy's computer to try to sabotage his wedding. It's so wild. But at the end, she realizes that this is not going to happen. Yeah. Again, she does like something really messed up to me again when I, at the wedding. She plays their old love song for the new couple. Oh, so yeah. sick. So, so sick. Weird. So sick. I cannot Wildly be- inappropriate. What I cannot believe is that she was allowed to give a speech after all that she did. Like, I know. It's so but Kimmy is so sweet that she's still, she's too sweet for her own good. As Anna Ferris would say in Just Friends, she would sing the song Forgiveness. Forgiveness is more than saying sorry. It's so good. Um, What would be your holiday rom-com storyline? Mine? Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. I don't know. I feel like I was thinking about holiday rom-coms and there were, honestly, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what my favorite one is. I'm stumped, guys. I think Tess, Tess's would be like... She has the same job as Cameron Diaz. That's all I'll say. She has the same job as Cameron Diaz, but also Similar like, I job. feel like you would, you would be like afraid to fall in love with like this, like this guy would be like, you're just afraid to say it but you know you're in love with me too. And then finally you would be like, okay, yes, I'm in love with you too. And then... That is very similar to the end of Holiday, but yes. <laughs> I actually didn't get to the end of it because oh. I stopped I stopped at the finger blown off scene and I was like, I don't need gore on top of this. I really don't okay. need to see gore. Okay, I know I just bashed this movie, but it gets a little bit better and I do like the end and the end is very much like that kind of thing where she has to, spoiler alert, like kind of run after him. Like he admits that he loves her and then she like can't do it. And then she like... They had this big scene in the mall, obvi. Obvi. But I think that my rom-com would maybe be like a teen rom-com. I love a teen rom-com. Yeah. I'm big on the teens. Yeah, I think it would be like, you know, Christmas break or something, you know, and there would be like a crazy party with like a lot of drugs. And right. I, okay, I'm just, Euphoria I'm just, rom-com. I'm just Euphoria throwing rom-com. shit in there, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I really identify with the Christmas break aspect and I I think it mine would be like a Bridget Jones type because mm. my first year of college I went home for Christmas break there are a couple of guys that I was like texting with over the course of three weeks maybe four I hooked up with three different guys um I wasn't a slore it was just happened that way Ooh, each slore, time throwback phrase each time I had like a great time and then I was like, ooh, I kind of like this guy. And then each time the guy told me like, I don't really need a girlfriend right now. And I was like, yeah, me neither. Ew, like boyfriends, <laughs> boring. Even though I was like, actually would accept a proposal right now at, you know, 18 years old. And Open's boring. Bleh, oh yeah, disgusting. I'm cool. I'm not lame. And <laughs> literally, I'm not kidding. This happened three times in a row. It sounds, this happened literally a week later they started in a serious relationship no oh, yes no. okay this one guy who was like so funny and weird we were so opposites he like was covered in tattoos and so hot he literally i texted him like a week after we hooked up being like what are you up to this weekend and he was like uh we can hang out as friends but i'm in a really serious relationship and i was Ooh. like a ser he was like i'm in love and i was like okay well like last weekend we were together, so a little <laughs> confused about what happened, and then, yeah. yeah, it just kept on happening. And then I literally, afterwards, I came up with the philosophy that I haven't always ascribed to, but it was, like, I'm never going after someone again because they just have to be into me, and, like, I'm always the one who goes after them, and, like, they just have to be really into me. <laughs> well, I don't ascribe to that. And I always go go after people aggressively. And then I'm like, wait, why did they like react poorly when I went after them in the most aggressive way? And then whatever. But I think that my rom-com. So I in every relationship I've ever been in, I've said I will not go to anyone's house besides my own for Christmas. Every person has said this is selfish and I still do it anyway. <laughs> but so I think my rom-com would be that I, for some reason, have to go to someone else's house for Christmas. I'm a total brat about it, but I end up having an, a, an 
transformative experience where I become less selfish, guys, in the end. And everyone's like, wow, she's actually not as selfish as she used to be. And then I fall in love with my boyfriend's brother and he falls in love with his brother's fiance. And then I love um, that story. That's I it. would watch that 100%. Tess Sitzman, thank you so much for joining us today on True Romance. I cannot say what an enjoyable time I had. I literally thought, what? How much could I say about holiday romantic comedies? It turns out <laughs> I quite a bit. Go on forever. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor, truly an honor, as I said. Well, you are my best friend. No offense, Carolina. And I love you. And my real guys. You can have my, more than one best friend. More, more important to me. Why do you want to end it this way? Because I just want to say more important to me. No offense to my boyfriend who can probably hear this in this apartment. More important to me than any romance in my life is my friendship with you guys. Because it is truly soulmate friendships. And I... Just don't know what I would do without you guys. Well, I just feel like you rated us right now. And so uh, congrats, Mark Zuckerberg, hot or not. I feel a little bit like not right now. But I too want to I want to nurture my relationship with Tess because I um, love you by proxy. Oh, my God. We can be be (laughs) cross country soulmates. I think that like I'm looking for more um, friends because Devin's my only one right now. And, and uh, we're on thin ice. Deb, so, Devin yeah. is the carry to like our like Samantha and Charlotte, who like wouldn't have been friends nice. normally, but they came wow. together. Wow! Cool. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Exactly. All right, we'll catch you guys next time on True Romance. Thank you guys. Bye. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.